What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 26 of Buckets of Duckets. I am your host, Chase Myers in Seattle. Down there in Louisiana is my co-host, the one, Josh Watts. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is episode 26, which is double 13 or half of 52. Now, if you listen to the rest of this episode, uh, you will be very happy and your heart will be filled with joy, love, strength, motivation, and the energy to get through the next week of your life where we're going to find out that Donald Trump refuses to admit that he lost the election. So, listen to it twice. Listen to this episode at half speed. Really take in this week. Like, enjoy every day of this week before the election. Like, just like, so the last election, what I did was I went to the zoo. Before I went to the zoo that day, I looked at otters. I just, just lost myself in otters and foxes. And I was looking for, they didn't have turtles. I love a turtle. They didn't have turtles. Uh, which that should have let me know right there. That should let you know where the future was going to be. Yeah, that this is not the America that I used to love. You know what I'm saying? Like it, things have changed. Uh, but yeah, really, like I'm just enjoying day to day right now because the next time we speak, uh, Trump is going to be president again, and yeah. I, you know, Whew. listen to this episode of the podcast the same way you would spend your last afternoon with, say, a favorite pet that you knew was going to die later in the day like if you had a dog that you've loved for 13 years and he got rabies and he ate one of your children and you know you're gonna put a shotgun shell in the back of his brain outside behind the bar but before you do that you want to spend that afternoon and that day taking him out and letting him run through the sunflower fields letting him jump into the lavender flowers and chew on them and letting him pee on all your other animals let him just just living in the now in the moment because you know come november 3rd that proverbial shotgun shell in the back of our brains to put us down because we have rabies is going to be the re-election of donald trump i don't want to be old yeller y'all <laughs> go ahead hit subscribe if you're watching this on youtube uh also whatever podcast uh platform you're listening to this on rate review uh subscribe there as well uh Boy, it's gonna be yeah, a fun man. episode, ladies and gentlemen. It's we, got, be good. Uh, we got special guest Alex Jones coming back. Uh, we're gonna prank call some of the Sandy Hook survivors and yell at them that their children weren't real. Uh, they're not got, even real uh, kids. <laughs> we got they're not they're, they're, none of them are real kids. They're got, imaginary uh, kids. Okay, we those got are a tra- we got photos. an actor that was hired to pretend to be the gorilla Harambee's trainer because that gorilla never existed either. It was a smoke screen by the United States government. So that you weren't watching when they replaced all the birds with drones. 5G drones. Sound familiar? Alex is here this week to clear this up for us. So yeah, thanks then, a lot. And after that, we're going to have Dubstep Lyrical come on and clear up everything Alex Jones said with his own Save the Children st- stuff, you guys. Yeah, that stuff. Also, where I we mean, go, where we, where we go, where one of us goes, everybody goes. You know what they're saying. Is that who's, who's saying is that? <laughs> It's uh, all those people that are saying, <laughs> all the same the children. They have that WG1 Jive G2. And whenever I don't, you read it out, I don't know, man. All I, the letters means where we go one, every, everybody goes. We, we all, We're we in all this there. together With me to save the children. You, so children. It's, it's a lot of letters. It's a Is lot it? of letters. Okay. <laughs> You've never seen that where we go one, we go, where no, we go one, we no, go all? No, no. 
That's yeah. the uh, you that's always their... find out about uh, those type things like a little bit before me. Like you explained to me what QAnon was uh, mm-hmm. on here, and it was like right after you said it. Then it was like my eyes were open and I saw it everywhere. I was like, oh no, oh no, this shit is taking over. Uh, you shook that. You shook that Louisiana off you when you went up to Seattle, and it's not. It's not permeating through your skin now. Um, I just there's a cute. We were walking the kids around the neighborhood on their leashes earlier. And we saw a guy with a fucking outside like pudding because the hurricane just came and it didn't wash away his house. So the first thing he had to do was get his Q flag back up out there. We walked by my two year old yelled at him, "You fucking asshole!" <laughs> it was it was beautiful. Yeah. You're gonna have fun editing that sound out. I gotta stop. Yeah, be easy. These mics are a little bit hotter. <laughs> my bad, guys. I got a new mic and I'm really excited about it. Matching mics. <laughs> Look Same at mics. Matching mics for magic mics. Yeah, get in there. Huh? Right, you saw that? He's on a little Dude, move. A lot of shoulder work. A different shirt this week. Man's got a tie dye shirt on. People, it's worth it to watch it on YouTube. I'm not going to lie. I dress we look nice better. By the way, I kicked the shit out of that sickness. Get the fuck out of here, yo. I'm back looking pretty. Had me looking all like tough and uh, baggy eyed for two weeks. I'm back. Okay, I'm back. I got energy. Last week, I had to like, I had to like hold, like, hold, like, Make sure I had breath. We had to pause <laughs> the episode every five minutes for Chase to have a good cry spell last last week. Like in the middle of jokes, we would have to pause the recording so he could go cry. He has a big old one of those body pillows that's uh, shaped that's shaped like One Direction guy, and he'll go lay on them and just he has a good hard fashion cry, like a good hard rocking your balls, making your dick hard cry, and then it'll come back. It's out of system. And we get to joking again. But the point of all that, children, is don't live in fear of a disease. COVID attacked Chase, and what happened to it? COVID got its knees busted and got humbled. His back was broken, and he was humbled. <laughs> and now Chase is immune to all diseases. Every that, disease in the world. Everyone. You can't get me. There's nothing Everybody you knows, can get that's, me. That's a fact. That's I read that uh, on Trump's website. Dude, I'm walking right into a pack of pneumonia, bro. I'm walking right into it, and I dare you. I dare you. You can't get on me, bro. I've been finding the dirtiest water I can and just begging the mosquitoes to come bite me. Just Please. straight out that water. Give me East Nile. Give me West Nile. Give me Dude, both Niles. I I'm don't flying, even give a fuck. I'm flying to the West Nile, bro. I'm diving right in there, bro. <laughs> there's a there's an episode of uh, one of my favorite dudes on 90 Day Fiance. Is this dude named Paul, and he's a big old bitch. And that's Tell why me about he's my him. favorite. Tell me about All him. Right. There's a part, the first day he goes to Brazil to meet this beautiful young brazilian woman that he's gonna marry and take out of her hard Man, life or, as far or as i'm concerned brazil is like batting a thousand when it comes to gorgeous women like i it they, either they have the best pr or they truly are all beautiful like <laughs> brazil colombia and spain uh i went to spain when i was when i was in the air force we went to spain and we were in morona and Rota, spain each for like a week and uh this is in 2000 and look I love American women. I love all women, but, uh, who <laughs> like I, maybe they don't let the ugly people out late at night. That's what I'm saying. Because, they got good PR. They only let me see beautiful man, people, I guess. Like, I, but yeah. you never see, or the week I was there, you didn't see, like, they don't, they don't walk around in sweatpants and tennis shoes. Like everybody was always dressed. Oh man. That was a, uh, beautiful country. Men, women, grandmas, grandpas. Everybody over there is fuckable. Like, just to the nine. Everybody can get it. Whole country can get it. (laughs) The whole fucking country. There's this guy, uh, Paul, 
And he goes to Brazil and he's going to meet this beautiful young woman and he wants to impress her. And she's like, let's go swim in the water right here. And he freaks the fuck out because he's like a super germaphobe. And so okay. he, dude, he puts on like, she's in a bikini. And he goes in and puts on like these hip waiter pants that go up to his nipples. He puts a condom and a sock on his dick to keep anything from swimming up his urethra to bite him because he thought Whoa. he heard that somewhere. And like he slowly walks on the water and he looks like he's going to shit himself. He's and then she's like, why are you being <laughs> And she splashes him to, like, get him to play. And it, it gets in his face. And he's like, ah, ah, ah! <laughs> And he fucking loses his mind and, like, runs out of the water. And he's like, uh, in one of the little interviews, he's like, I hope when I get dysentery and die or whatever he says, I hope that she knows I did it to impress her. <laughs> Whoa, like, what a hero that man is. I don't think you impressed her at all, my man. <laughs> this dude walks around in a... Um, Whenever in the town that she lives her whole life and grew up every day, his respectful way of living there was he wore a mesh bodysuit the whole time he was there with a bulletproof vest. And so, Just and the, and to the way walk the show, around the town that she lived in her whole life. Oh, right, because he flew there, like to see. I got you. I forget. Yeah, I forget. Like, yeah, so it, I still haven't watched it. I know it's. I know it's the greatest trash show of all time. It's so great. But it, once you watch it, your your whole life changes. You look at people differently. You start comparing them to like characters from the show, and you just instantly have like ah. I'll never Dude, talk. You to sound a woman. like you're going through it right now. <laughs> I'll never talk. I'll, I'll never talk to a woman named Darcy just because of the one on that show. If anybody ever said, "Hey, my name is Darcy," I would unload seven seasons worth of hate and vile and bile onto them, even though they're not the Darcy Man. from the show. Just so they know, I that, every that every Darcy, Darcy don't the world, deserve that, bro. She does. These poor Darcy's out there. Stand, no, no. Hey, we've been doing this podcast. For six years, I got a goddamn reminder today from Facebook that we've been Facebook friends for nine years or some shit. And that's the official Don't you day. Take Darcy's side. That's the official day, dude. Nine years on Facebook. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's wild, dude. I was telling Michelle, like, for real, the first time we did a podcast was 2014. Yeah. Or 13, somewhere in there. <laughs> Long fucking time ago. <laughs> dude, 1997, I remember. <laughs> I, I was 17 years old, and uh, we we logged on to Ebombs World Board dot com. Put it out there, um, yeah, dude. Uh, I'm trying to remember like the first time. The first time I saw you uh, was at the station in Baton Rouge, which was the open mic that we always went to. It's uh, mm. the weekly show there. Which are they doing shows? By the way, are they back open? Yeah. I think so. I think, uh, yes. Okay. Pretty sure. Well, I'm pretty sure, uh, the hurricane just happened. So stuff was changed. So I'm not, not sure, but I think they were starting back up. Bro. Ooh. Hurricanes are fucking wrecking y'all right now, dude. Like it's I am a couple so weeks. fucking tired of picking up all the shit in my backyard because I have two feral children and all their little fucking balls and scooters and slides and playhouses and bullshit, I gotta pick up every fucking time so some bullshit storm doesn't blow it into my fuckhole neighbor's backyard and they get to keep it. Or they come yell at me about my kids' things smelling like weed or whatever the fuck they want. 
fucking, I'm tired of it. It's so done. what? Your kids smoke weed. So what? Yeah, so the fuck what? My kids are cool. Can't tell your nerd ass kids to light up and shut the fuck up. Maybe grow a sack and be cool. All right? I see him doing the homework. What's he doing right now? He's doing homework? Fucking dweeb. Yeah, I called your kid a dork. So what? And a so dweeb. I'm to walk by my house with a book sack. <laughs> he should know about it. I just yell out the window, dweeb! Dude, it's crazy. Y'all like, uh, it's like what? Z- Zeta? Z- what the fuck? Like, it's Greek alphabet now, right? Or some yeah, shit? Yeah, dude. It's enough. It's enough of them. It's enough. That's more than enough. Okay? <laughs> it's enough. But yeah, the station is doing shows again. Dude, uh, yeah. First time first I saw time I- you there. Okay. First time I saw you there. Open mic there. Uh, you came in. You pre fucked up. Uh, it was a different time in your yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, not uh, when he says uh, fucked up. I went through a, a period in my life where the VA prescribed me stuff, and I just took it without question. So, and I took a lot of it without a lot. I of mean, it. it's a doctor. Why? Yeah. Why would you not just keep giving it to me? Uh, it's a doctor and a guy I work with his cousin. So it seems like, dude, it what, doesn't he, get he more official than that. Like, bro, you mean to tell me that dude bought an Ultima on a on a salary of lies? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. The first thing they no check way. you go into a Nissan dealership is your honesty levels. Credit score, honesty level. They find out you're some bullshit artist. You're not getting a Nissan, bro. Yeah, Get the fuck gotta, out of here. You got to take, take your dumbass to Pontiac. <laughs> <laughs> take your dumbass to Pontiac or Zuzu, bro. We ain't putting up with that shit. Ain't no Nissan for you. Get your lying ass on. Get your lying ass in a Subaru. <laughs> We're Nissan. And they stand at the door too, bro. Nah, get the fuck. Nah, we got integrity here. Uh, so, uh, you were, you were in a different place at that time. Uh, you, you come in. I'm glad I'm not living anymore. Yeah, dude, you're way different now. Uh, you came in, uh, you just loud as shit. Like you came in, (laughs) you came in, uh, my old best friend, uh, you know him. Like y'all used yeah, to we, work to, and the weirdest coincidence of all time yeah, is that I the stole two of, that dude's best friend. <laughs> yeah, the two of you knew each other independently of me, uh, before me and you even knew each other. Yeah. And uh so you walk up to him and have a loud ass conversation during somebody's set <laughs> about yeah. No, that's about right. <laughs> and then you go on stage. You had you had a you had a um it you had like a crumbled up paper. Like you had like a crumbled up piece of paper. <laughs> And uh, and you you didn't take the mic out the mic stand, and you were doing one liners, and you were looking at the paper and going back, and uh, you fucking crushed it. And then <laughs> and you came off stage, had another loud ass conversation with somebody, and then I I don't know. Then you wandered off into the woods. I don't really know what happened to you after that. I probably left. I probably that, left. That was my first Josh Watts experience. Uh, That's really funny. I could have never predicted at that moment. I was like, that's going to be my best friend in the whole world pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first time I remember seeing you, we were at, uh, do you remember Long Branch? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, dude. There was a show in Baton Rouge run in assuredly a condemned, it had to be a condemned building. Dude, what was Uh, that? And we were in the back room of the condemned building. Like, there was a... The back room of a condemned building in the back parking lot of a shopping center in the back of Baton Rouge. Like, it, like here's the front of the shopping center where you're parked to go to the stores. You have to go all the way around the side to where, like, the loading bays of the real stores would be. And just, like, 
There's a fucking door. <laughs> yeah. You go in, and there's two no lights. No lights. It's the darkest, like, parking lot, too. You're like, there's you no way. You better hope you fucking find where you're going. Yeah, they, you're yeah. like, there's no way a business is here because they're not trying to advertise clearly. They're not trying to let people know that there's a business. When they here. started the open mic there, no shit, I got a, a little flashlight on my keychain to, to get from my car to the building. Uh, yeah, dude, I did the Wolverine claws on my keys every time I walked through there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a weird little shithole, and we went in there, and uh, at the time, I was, I don't say I was being bullied, but um, I had some uh, nemesis. You had some heat comedy. on you. Yeah, I had, some, I had some heat with some of the comedians, uh, with some people. I'm not calling them comedians. No, because they're I not. Had some heat, I had some heat. They did comedy people. for about a year and a half longer after that, and then, dude. Never touched they bullied, I got bullied out of three. I quit comedy for like three months. Really? Uh, so anyway, I show up at this show and I'm really uncomfortable because uh, I don't really like, I, I don't like the guys that are there and I know they don't like me. And then I saw a guy that I worked with at Best Buy come in and he came in uh, with, <laughs> with this chubby, goofy looking dude who had a shaved <laughs> head. And still had just the chin goatee. Yeah. And, and like, I remember, I remember like I had, I used to have the chin goatee, but like a couple of years before. And I was like, who's this dude? And then you went on stage and uh, I don't remember exactly what jokes you told, but you were the first person that I had seen that. Oh, fuck. He knows what he's doing. Like I could tell. You were raw, but I could tell right away that like, oh shit, he's not just saying like you didn't just you did uh, you performed you didn't yeah. at that point everybody was just like you said I wouldn't even look at people I would look down at the ground and drag my feet and just kind of into the mic and you were already like taking the mic out and what you look like somebody who rehearsed it but in I mean that in a good way yeah no I definitely did I from day one I meant business I like I uh, I had all this like. Uh, yeah, I was tw- I was 21 uh whenever I did my first set and I I uh I was 30. Damn. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Um and I I still had like all this like from growing up as an athlete and stuff and like this you fucking push and you do I like I was going to uh, you know attack this new career yeah. and everything. And so from day 1 going on stage, I was in my head building my special. like i thought i was like well here you go like i'm gonna i'm gonna get this five minutes together then i'm gonna get 10 then i'm gonna get 20 and i'm gonna and in six months i'm gonna have an hour i'm gonna be touring around the country telling everybody kiss my ass i'm gonna have comedy central special probably in what two years got like at least two years two maybe three uh i'll be on hbo within the i think i'll do i'm gonna do letterman first i probably Uh, won't do a hbo special there if netflix offers i'll say no yeah i'm not yeah, so I'm gonna. Yeah, I think I'm probably gonna do Letterman first, and then I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna try to knock them all out. You know what I'm saying? Maybe do Ferguson. That was like where my head was. Like you I were thought, one of the. You were one of the ones though that everybody else like uh, at that time. Comedy for most people was let's all hang out and drink, and then get on stage real quick in between drinking. Yeah. Or like I, I had. I had it timed out to where I would take my Xanax. Like I would find out when I was going on stage <laughs> and fi- and time. I would take my Xanax like 20, 25 minutes before. So like four or five sets before I had to go up to try to calm my nerves because I was so nervous then. 
Which yeah. is funny because now I'm more nervous in a bar if I'm not talking into a microphone. Like if I'm hanging out for a show, I'm more uncomfortable than whenever I perform. No, for sure. Uh, but everybody else was always like, it was a joke to see how drunk they could get before they went up or like, I don't know. They would always, you, you clearly had it put together. And I remember thinking I loved, even though people, uh, I had a lot of heat on me and some of the heat was warranted and some, most of it wasn't. Uh, but I remember seeing you and being like, Oh, I'm going to be friends. I, I need to be friends with that dude because no shit. Your best friend that I knew before I knew you mm. was like, the cool guy that I worked with at Best Buy. Like he was Dude, one of the guys that I like so to hang funny. out with. He, he was so funny. Okay. I worked loss prevention and he was usually in the front of the store and we would just talk like just bullshit and stuff, just waiting on people or whatever. And he was one of the reasons that I went to that show is because he was like, Oh, I might go check it out. And I thought, Oh, he's going to be one of the dudes that's really good at comedy. Like he's going to mm-hmm. be awesome at it. And then like three weeks and he never came back. You know what happened? This is what happened. So, um, so this was, you know, nine, ten years ago, right? So this is a friend that Chase grew up with his whole, like, this is his childhood. Yeah, this best is my friend. childhood best friend. Uh, we just, you know, we got older. We just changed a lot. He, he, number uh, two now, bro. Number two. <laughs> yeah, I still love him. I still care about him and stuff, but we don't have anything in common anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so, but we started stand up literally like, I performed maybe two or three times. I convinced him to, hey, dude, this is our dream. <laughs> and, uh, he seemed he seemed prepared in the way that you were. So yeah, but now no, I think it was you. Maybe you helped him, or I don't know. But now it's you know now I see you're still doing it. So yeah, he's so, just a fucking fraud. <laughs> <laughs> With a happy life and a family and a good job. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations! What a fucking idiot! Just to make that turn, why don't you be? Why don't you be a thirty-one-year-old bro? Yeah, why don't you be a thirty-one-year-old dude sitting in his bedroom with a backdrop and lights on him, talking into his computer to his best friend? Why don't you do yeah. that? Why don't you do Instead that for a living? Baby or whatever. Yeah, fine. All right, I uh, moved across the country for a thing that doesn't exist anymore, but it's fine. Yep. Don't. It's, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, so he he starts coming out and uh, and. Th- this is so he's done maybe three or four sets at this point. He tells me this uh story. He was like, dude, this guy that I work with uh got this girl's number and like immediately sent her a dick pic. And we thought that was hilarious. And we just started like, haha, you know, whatever, joking about it. And uh and this is like very, you know, this is ten years ago. This is very early dick pic. Like this is fresh ground, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I I had this premise of like, oh, well, ladies aren't going to get flowers anymore. Now it's just going to be dicks. That's what they get. And I was like, it wasn't me that sent that dick pic. Right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We do need to explain that. I realize now it sounds like it was me. And I was like, no, 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 no. No. Just like we just talked about my anniversary in in one episode, the next episode. Not me. No, just some guy. I don't know who it was, but somebody that was in butthole pics. And so. That was my <laughs> only only the pucker, baby. That's all. That's all that's out there for you. Uh, and so uh, that was my take on it. Was like, ladies aren't going to get flowers anymore. They get dicks now. Ha ha ha. Right. Uh, he. Was I remember gonna, that joke. <laughs> yeah, he was just going to tell the story. Like that was, you know, that's his story. Tell that story. But he thought that me having any material about dick pics was 
somehow people were going to think that we wrote it together or that he stole it from me because I performed more than he did uh, or that I couldn't After come your up, third open mic or whatever, yeah, too. Or that I couldn't come up with original material. That's what he told me. He was like, dude, if you can't come up with... I was like, dude, this is... like I, We're not touching on... like Literally, the only thing that's the same is that a dick pic happened in both of... But like, dude, it's do you so think you have how, the only... How important, how important you think it is yeah. when you're first starting out. And it's Sorry. so weird to say, but like literally that was kind of like a little bit of a blow up and we kind of quit fucking with each other. He quit coming to the shows and then just and then it was just awkward because it was always this big thing of like, I'm still really I'm chasing this. This is what I actually have always wanted to do. And I didn't quit just over a fucking disagreement or whatever. Right. And it's yeah. And there's always this kind of like any time that we would hang out after that, it was always like in the room. Uh, that's yeah, so that's weird. how, yeah, that's how that ended. Isn't that weird? What's funny is that dude, uh, he, uh, I've done, I had done a couple of shows in the early 2000s, like a couple of open mics and stuff. Uh, I performed on a festival. I think I've talked about like way early in the afternoon, uh, on a festival and a couple of times, like early 2000s. So yeah. I considered myself a comedian. And I had lied about still doing, uh, oh, I do, I'm a comedian for years. And then I worked with this guy who was like, oh, really? Because I'm going to go to some of the open mics to where I was like, oh, fuck. I guess I got to like at least go and try it now yeah. because I've been saying that I do it. And then I went back in the second I tried it again, I fucking loved it. Dude, that's so, that is so crazy that my childhood best friend <laughs> is yeah. the one that convinced you to get yeah. back into comedy, which allowed <laughs> us to meet each other, yeah. which is now we're 17 years into a podcast. Like, that's, that's fucking, fucking crazy. crazy. It is weird <laughs> when you think about that whole cycle. I've never even thought about it, like, walk, like, all that way. Like, that's, that's wild. I haven't either, and I'm still hung up. This was supposed we... to happen, bro. These fucking ducats were supposed to be gotten. It was destined from above. Uh, when I started talking about Law Branch, I got anxious because... I dude, uh, I was whether rightfully or not, I I was picked on a lot uh, at the beginning by dudes and at, specifically at that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I remember, and, uh, dude. It, you you had a mark on you for sure. Like they would uh, go on stage and make fun of me from the stage, and I'm like two weeks in, a month in, and like these dudes are. Whenever you see somebody who has material, when you first start, you're like, oh, they're like a real comedian. They're like actually. So you respect them. You're like, oh shit, they're real. Yeah, you don't know. Like when you first get in, you don't really understand the levels that people are at. Yeah. So like, and so they if, run a show. You're like, oh, fuck, oh my god, they, these people. They yeah, run they, a show. Yeah, they must be connected. These people, you know, they're they're out there getting it. You know, like I, I saw some, there was this one guy. I can't even remember his name, but he would pop up every now and then. And his big thing was that uh, he was on Last Comic Standing, right? And uh, that's how they always. And then I, I, as I slowly got to know him and everything, and I realized like, oh. He waited in line and did a minute at an audition that didn't get aired. And yeah. he's running around. He took a picture with the last comic standing sign and posted it as his uh, profile pic. And yeah, and it, it like it's funny how you start to get in there and like learn those little things of like, oh man, 
some of these people are delusional <laughs> or some of these people I, are so you're so desperate to have something real like a credit that you'll stretch yep. stuff like that we've seen people that have been like extras in movies and i'm guilty of this I, I was in uh i was in the butler for like all of three or four seconds and for a long time i used i was like yeah i, I fucking in a movie with oprah like I, for, yeah. he, the first time you introduced yourself to me you said i was in a movie with oprah mm-hmm. and chase myers yeah, I had and business then you cards did like this, and you maybe shake your head. <laughs> I remember one time though, for real. Uh, these guys, uh, I, I, at the beginning, uh, when I was on, I'm trying to think of how to, the pills and the medications that I were on made me a very different person to where I was much more uh, emotional and couldn't handle. Like I remember crying in the parking lot of that Long Branch because those dudes were so mean to me. Fuck, bro. On stage, and like, I can't just go punch him in the face. They run comedy. I'll never be able to perform again. I gotta act like it's funny, and I think it's funny. Ha ha ha. And I, for real, like several times. And then I, uh, I broke my foot, and I couldn't drive. Uh, and instead of trying to come up with any other way to get to the show, which I easily could have done, I just stopped doing comedy for those three months because those dudes were so mean to me. And, uh, it it's embarrassing uh, that I let some hack ass dudes that didn't perform comedy for like two months after, like two months after that, they were both gone forever uh, that are hack ass shit. Comics run me off, but it also, uh, this is going to be hard to believe, but to a certain extent made me try to be nicer to new comics coming up. Uh, I'm not always, if you're shitty or disrespectful, I was me. I would be, I would call you out immediately, but I always tried to be nicer to newer comics because I remember how shitty that made me feel. Yeah. But even even on all that medication and not having the wherewithal and the mind and the the fortitude or whatever that I do now where I would snap their necks and then fuck their whole families. Uh instead of that, I just went in the parking lot and cried. And I I can't it's uh God. It's embarrassing that they ever let me get that I ever got like that. But it's also, that was one of the things that made me uh, get off of medication, off of pills, like want to get off mm-hmm. of them was, because even in my, I knew in my right mind, like I should beat the shit out of these dudes. Like, how am I getting bullied? How am I getting bullied by like overweight 45 year old, like Dungeons like, and Dragons like, nerds? I, dude, I, Dungeons and Dragons was coming out of my mouth when you said that. That is exactly, like, yeah. Oh man. And I re- like these I motherfuckers that, were forty-year-old men talking about Harry Potter all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, dude, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I, I mean, like when I say bullied me too, like no shit, they would say things at me, like throw stuff when I'd walk by. I like, didn't realize. Uh, I, I knew it was bad, and I knew I saw. I was obviously I was at that one show where they were fucking mm-hmm. with you, but I didn't know like to the extent uh, that they went yeah. with it. Like they were really yeah, trying to like they, bury uh, you. Yeah, they they would go up on stage after me and run me down, like to to those shows. They would tell people not to book me on like the five dollar four minute spot I was going to get for a weekend show. I mean, they were, like really made me feel unwanted. But even with the medication and shit making my brain uh, as weak willed as it was, I still had it in me that it was like these dudes want me to quit so bad. I'm not gonna. And I I was for that three months, I didn't do comedy. And I don't know if you remember this. It's one of the few things my life in that time is a real haze because of all the medicines. But I remember running into you at a Taco Bell. Yep. 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 
And you were like, I haven't seen you at shows in a long time. And I said, I told you I quit and why. And I'll, dude, I didn't know you that well at all. And you said, oh, fuck that, man. Those guys, uh, oh, fuck, man. Oh, fuck that, man. Those guys are assholes. You should keep doing it. You're funny. They're just being twats. And I was like, oh, all right. Some, like, you were the first, that <laughs> yeah. was the first positive thing. I remember and that. And then I went, back, I, I went back right after that. I was at the next open mic after that. I, I remember that. It was so random running into you there. And also, like, up until that point, we really hadn't talked. Like, we uh -uh. I, we had just been places at the same time. But we had, mm -hmm. like, that's the first time that we were kind of, like, forced to, like, hey, what's up, man? What the fuck? Like, yeah. And, uh, but no, for real. I mean, I always thought you were funny. So You were the funniest comedian. I mean, Howard Hall and Mike Gonnery, obviously, were the funniest. But I they were on another they had been doing it forever to me then when I started out. So you were somebody new like me and you were, I thought you were funny too. So I wanted to, I wanted to be your friend. I wanted to pick your head about it and stuff. So whenever mm -hmm. you were like, nah, fuck it. You should come back. I remember telling Michelle like a hundred times. You heard that? I should go back. He's funny. I should go back. <laughs> That's oh, I should. And then I, and I did. That's, I went to the next open mic because you told me to go back. And, uh, I got bullied. They bullied me for a while. Yeah, after they still give me um, shit. I remember, dude. Yeah. Oh, dude, they would uh, they would steal my drink tickets. Uh, I didn't drink much, but they would take my drink tickets from me. Uh, not like dunk me in the toilet, swirly me, but like comics be in a circle talking. I would walk up and they would close the circle off. Like they would step in front of me and close the circle off. Uh, and just just That's so uh, wild, right? Just real shit. And then uh. Part of it was because uh, with the pills and stuff, I've said this before, I was using Twitter one-liners and stuff. Uh, some of it was on purpose, but honestly, a lot of it, when you get that deep into uh, Xanax and depression medications, everything just kind of blurs together. Like, mm. maybe I read that on Twitter, or maybe I wrote it. People are laughing at it, so I'm just going to keep saying it. It was pretty much where it was. And uh, then this whole that whole big blow-up we've talked about 100 times on here at Mobile. Uh, where I got kicked out of all the comedy groups for being a joke thief and, and blackballed. And I went back the next the next week, I went and did a show. Like, after being blackballed on, on a Saturday, I was back the next Wednesday at a show. And, uh... No. They... Let me correct you. The next time you were on stage was in Hammond uh, doing a guest spot for Theo Vaughn whenever... Uh, uh, oh, fuck. That's right. Yeah, because uh, I was opening for Theo, and uh, and you... This was, like, right after it happened. You, like, uh, did, like, five minutes there, and then you showed up at the station the next week. Uh, yeah, like, you performed, like, twice, like, right after that. Fuck. With, like, right. brand well, new shit. Whole new, yeah. I decided then, uh, whenever I got called out for stealing the jokes... Yeah, we've probably been over this a hundred times, but I decided then that uh the one let me, hold on, let me let me just let me speak for you for a second uh when he says this shit dude he is talking about like as as the babiest of comics he's talking about as like six months in yeah. trying to make his way did a fucking meme joke a call, like shit like that like this is not like this oh is yeah not this Josh is 2014 like, yeah. yeah this is fucking 13, long 14? ass time ago yeah uh 13 2013 so whatever probably yeah somewhere like that yeah i mean a long time ago um, like even earlier honestly it, a long time ago i'm very yeah. good at comedy now yeah. but what happened uh i decided then like fuck it i'm tired of i'm tired of it and because all the one-liner stuff become a blur i decided i'm just gonna start telling stories and i'm gonna tell stories that actually happened to me or make up details of them and make it myself 
And then I started, then that's when I started finding my footing in comedy and started gaining my confidence. But I remember going to the show that Wednesday at the station and one of the guys who ran that show was one of the people who had bullied me for a long time. And he came up and said something shitty about what he had heard happen in Mobile. And I took his beer out of his hand and I dumped it on the floor and I handed him back the empty cup. And I didn't say anything about it. I never, nothing. And I never said another word about it. And they never, picked, they never picked on me again after that, ever. We still had arguments, but there was no more of that bullying. That bullying it, was, it, was, it was a cool thing to watch, man, because... Um, uh, you definitely had some stank on you to begin with, and Ooh, then it was hard, dude. You so like fought through that, proved so like to the point to where it, it's it's. I kind of I kind of am upset that we even brought it up on the show as like as yeah. being even part of your history, uh, because you a hundred times over, uh, rededicated yourself, understood like from that moment on, everything that you've done has been a hundred percent Josh Watts, and has been a. A representation of like your life and right. who you are and like at, you became like a comic at that moment and like the people that were giving you shit literally do not do comedy they do not and do comedy anymore <laughs> and yeah and you are still fucking standing uh and it was it was i i always respected you for watching you go through Thanks, that man. uh because that was a motherfucker way to start comedy Boy. uh and, and, and yeah. look i i I hate, I used to hate to bring it up, but now, honestly, I'm proud of it. Uh, mm. It's something I went through, and if nothing else, it proves that I'm willing to learn. It proves that I love doing comedy, and that I want to keep doing it, uh, that I actually care about it, because, man, uh, I, it was, if it wasn't for Corey Mack, I never would have gotten back on the stage. Right. Uh, and He was luckily, hosting the Theo show. Yeah, Corey, Corey Mack would put me on any show he had and he told me that but the other open mics I had gotten to a point where I just signed up and nobody was comfortable enough to tell me I couldn't go on so I got that window open and I'm telling you uh, you give me two minutes I'm funny and I'll prove it uh, just give me that two minutes and I fought through it uh, and in our small scene I won people back over doing it and uh I don't know. I'm not embarrassed about it anymore. I didn't yeah. mean for it to go into all of that, but I'm not embarrassed about it anymore. Uh, it helped me love comedy more. It helped me. Uh, you helped me through a lot of that, and I think it helped uh, solidify our friendship. You know, yeah, like sure. a we lot. Kinda, I learned like, a lot from it. It is weird that that was also. I mean, that was when we were friends, like becoming friends. It was you know, fucking nine years. Having ago. you, <laughs> having you be my friend. You, Mike Howard Hall, Corey Mack, uh, the the biggest names in our scene too. and the fun and Greg Hamilton. God, I don't want to forget Greg. Uh, the funniest, biggest names in our scene stayed behind me and supported me. And that, that kind of helped take some of this tank off, you know? Yeah. And, uh, now I'm just the funniest motherfucker around. Walking the and planet. I just, go, uh, I just throw my fucking comedy dick out. Here it is. Yeah. It's a, uh, it was, it's a weird scene that we came up in because it's so small. Like, uh, the, the point that you're making about like wanting to be nice to new comics, it's it's literally cause there's like 20 of us, there's like 20, 25 yeah. of us, and like when it's that few, like 
man, it's, you know, why does it need to yeah. be shitty? Because it's just, it's always going to be shitty. There's two shows a week or whatever. The same 20 people are going to show up. Like, out here in Seattle, dude, whenever, like, uh, there there is definitely a core uh, group of comics that, uh, that, that are younger than me and stuff that I definitely, like, uh, reached out to and uh, became friends with and stuff. But whenever I would go to open mics, whenever I was first, like, trying to let people know who I was around here, like, dude, literally it would be, like, a different 30 comics at every That's show so that I went to, like it would, like, dude, it's insane. Like hundreds of comedians out here, like, and, and so, so that's so exciting to me to think of that, man. And I can't wait till the kids are a little bit older and I can travel up dude, there yeah. with you to do, man. Because that that feeling of going somewhere and winning everybody over because you're funny, mm-hmm. that's one of the best feelings in the world. To go to a bar where the people that booked you or a show where the people that booked you aren't sure about you, but they know your friend who said you're funny. And then a whole bar or showroom full of people that have no idea who you are winning all them over, dude. Best fucking thing in the world. It's a superpower, man. It's the best. Not I miss fair. it. I miss it so Not fucking fair for much. us to walk around this charismatic. Yeah, dude. Uh, I miss man. it so much. I'm I'm getting excited. Next week I'm performing November sixth and seventh at the Mill Casino in Coos Bay, Oregon. Uh, people come out. You know the situation. I've explained it week after week. Uh, I'm gonna play nice this week because I'm going in. I'm gonna go in with good attitude. All right. I give it. Stay give positive. My best. Stay positive. I'm I'm bringing some you know some backup. As I said, I got some friends coming. Uh, I'm really excited to hang out with them. By the way, it's cool. That's getting closer. Uh, yeah, dude. But I, I I'm I, I this week I got to sit down and like actually write, and I'm kind of like excited about it. I'm like, oh shit, I got a I got you, I got I got shows are coming. Are you nervous? about like uh the rust or the yeah yeah it's that's uh, also part of the fun is testing yourself and like th- that's you know like that's a pretty big test to go as long as you have without it and to kind of shake that yeah it's so in july so the my it went march i didn't perform again till july and then i'm not performing again till the beginning of november that's that's mm-hmm. my that's what my year has been and yeah. uh and after, by the way, I, dude, I can't explain. Me and Travis Nelson, my roommate, hilarious comedian, six foot nine, big old dick. Uh, me and him talk all the time about like, dude, we were just, we were just about to have it all. Like we were so close, dude. My January and February were fucking packed. I did point some shows. Uh, both of them, I made crazy. Like was really like out on the road doing. I was in different. I think I performed in like seven different states in January or something, and like. It was like all like fuck yeah, dude. Here it comes. I'm buying a new laptop. I'm buying a new microphone. I'm Does it paying, have a plug on the side? I'm paying thousands of dollars for a new website. I'm doing all this shit, and then everything just crashed. Just fucking crashed right then. It's crazy. Uh, but I'm gonna tell you what. Two hundred something thousand people might have died. All everybody's comedy careers might have ended. But that gave you the time and energy to focus. On this podcast, and I'm tell you what that turned out great for me. Uh, I mean, so. <laughs> do it all over again. To be honest with you, do it all Look, over. I'm again. just. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so when I performed in July, it was literally like so. It's the way that it's two shows on Friday, two shows on Saturday, and it was like by the fourth show, I'd finally like, oh, cool, I feel comfortable again. And then that was just it, then though. It's over. <laughs> yeah, then it's over, and now and now, and haven't performed until next week. It will be the next time. So it's it's gonna be weird because it's like I'm knocking the rust off, but then like for what? 
<laughs> like right. I don't I don't have a I don't have anything after that. So it's so weird because like that's so much with like touring and performing is like building your show and like okay I'm gonna do this here because I know uh, on Thursday I'm gonna be performing here and I can I'll try this here and right. work that out that weekend and two weeks from now I got this big show and you know and like you have all these like plans of like how you're gonna get there and now it's just like. You know, I mean, I'm fucking glad to do it, and I'm I'm gonna every every time you ask me, uh, Mill Casino and Coos Bay, Oregon, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna be a big He's fucking in, baby dude. about it. I'm gonna be a big baby about it for months going. I'm gonna in. complain the whole time, but, but I'm gonna come. But I'm gonna do it, there. and when I get on stage, I'm gonna try my best. I'm gonna try my best, and I'm gonna try not to call people names. I'm look, okay. <laughs> I love that you have to include that. I'm gonna try to not call people names. Okay. That's that's the plan, okay? I, I love comedy, and I want to do it again. Uh, yeah, man. It, it's... <laughs> I miss it. I, there is... Uh, Lafayette has started doing their weekend shows at the Worst Beer Garden, an outdoor venue. Uh, and I will do a show before 2020 is over. Yeah, you have to. I can't, I can't not... I can't not perform within the year, but I'm still, I'm still really, uh, nervous. Like, uh, my dad has, uh, my dad has real bad, uh, heart stuff going on right now. So like the doctor's oh, like, he can't, he can't possibly, I don't, he can't possibly risk getting sick. So we can't, we're not going to be able to do family Thanksgiving this year together. And, uh, like, I don't want to get too far into it, but that's, you don't know how many you have left, Yeah, you know? And to think that maybe a time, I don't, uh, anyway, uh, so it's, ah, it's been a rough year and I don't want to, to go out. I need that. I, sure. That might not make sense to anybody who's never done comedy, but I, I need to go out on a, on a high note. Now what's going to happen. I'll take the mic and bomb my dick into the dirt probably, <laughs> but that'll be exhilarating too. That'll be yeah. the rush of that will be, I will jinx what... it. I'll jinx it right now. I haven't bombed in years <laughs> because i'm generally funny enough that i could pull it up at the end and if you pull it up it doesn't count as a bomb now having said that i'm gonna get booed off the stage probably the next time i'm gonna try my new real political character uh, oh character you do a character yeah dude i'm i'm doing a manga man and <laughs> <laughs> no, I am a little nervous, but uh I just I just said I never bomb and now I now I have to make sure. I heard Sinbad on I'm pretty sure on Pete Holmes podcast say that he's never mm -hmm. bombed in his life. I I, I, I it. and I if anybody was going to say I that, it. <laughs> I I 100% believe it. He told the story that he went to a a, a NACA convention, didn't sign up, just showed up. Uh, saw like you know it's the fucking 80s or whatever early 80s and so like you know there's no computer system and shit like that and he just like saw somebody's name on a name tag because they had all the name tags like laid out on a table and said like I'm that person and they're like okay here gave him that he went up performed and booked like 60 colleges and was like oh yeah I'm, I'm Sinbad by the way I'm not uh, fucking <laughs> uh, Larry Charles or whatever like that's all right. So when I was a little kid, uh, I would get every once in a while, I would get to stay up uh, past my bedtime and I would sit in my parents' bed and watch their TV with them when my dad would watch the Sinbad specials. And I would get to stay up late 
And I would watch my dad laugh so hard at Sinbad. And like, I didn't understand, but as a kid, and I'm talking like, I mean, a little kid, the faces that he made and stuff were enough to make me laugh. You just knew he was funny. You're like, whatever he's doing, that's funny. And then as I got older, and I'll still, Sinbad is one of the best comics no, I, maybe I, I feel like people know that. Uh, maybe I, uh, I don't. I don't know if they realize. I don't think they do. I guess you're right. I, I feel like comics I don't think know they that. Do. Uh, I don't know if the world realizes how great of a comedian he's been over his career. Pound for pound, uh, Sinbad has Sinbad does uh, the same. Sinbad does the same thing that Howard Hall always impressed me with. Where Bro, that he can adjust his material no crowd is not a howard hall crowd i don't even know how to yeah our buddy howard hall in baton rouge he's a comedian down there and he's a fucking murderer and uh he dude i've seen more material out of him than anybody he is always doing something new it is always brand new he told us on our first version of this podcast when we interviewed him yep uh he told us that he, for the first however many months, didn't know that you were like allowed to repeat. He thought that that was like the thing, and so he just never—he was just throwing material away for months without even thinking about it. And that's, he still kind of does it. Like he, yeah. Howard Hall is one of the few comedians around here that I saw that was uh, that made me think, oh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not good at this, because Howard Howard could tweak his material. Or like he has totally different material depending on what kind of crowd he's in front of. He can tell the same blowjob joke to a bar of frat kids and to a nursing home and tweak it just the slightest bit and it murders everywhere. It's crazy. But Sinbad is the same way with every crowd. You know who else is like that? Jeff D. New Orleans comedian Jeff D. Yeehaw, bitches! Jeff D. I I love uh, Jeff. (laughs) He's the same way, though. I worked with Jeff uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, in oh, for New Year's for fucking, I did a goddamn no shit. New Year's you worked Eve with Jeff? Show. Yeah, Did you don't remember oh, that? Fuck. Yeah, I uh, yeah, he uh, no, I fe- I, I featured for him at the catch in Chattanooga, and uh, and see, all right, we hold on. I want to hear your story, but that is crazy to me that that's how good Jeff is. He's not a normal club touring comic. But he'll headline. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I thought had... you were gonna say like y'all were featuring. I didn't think he was that established. No, he's in at that is. club. Yeah, of course, of course he is. Of course he's he is. he's in enough to where he was like, I'm bringing this kid from Seattle that I used to work with in Louisiana. Like, like that was I didn't send them a tape or anything. I got I got in off of Jeff's Damn. name, off of Jeff putting his name on me, uh, and I got rebooked uh, until fucking. China 19 came around and ruined everything. <laughs> there goes Chase's first first edit was, right there. I was trying to think of a different way of saying it. But that last episode was like 45 minutes shorter than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I did some work on that one, man. Also, I was uh, I was sick. I, I, there was a lot of me not having good energy in it. So, like, I didn't want to put y'all through uh, nasally stuff. But I worked with Jeff D at, on for New Year's Eve. Like that, that was the first time I had done like a club New Year's Eve set. Like we uh, did, 
we did like eight shows in like four days. Like it was crazy. Like how many shows we did, but we did the big new year's Eve party and we did the set and, uh, counted down with the whole crowd and shit. And that like, it was so much fun. I would have loved it. Jeff D is one of the funnest people I've done shows with. Uh, he's, he, I usually, the last show I did it with him, I think was Jen Cobra's show. Yeah. Um, shit that's another that's another person that's really I can go good into just... dude there's so many people from those days that uh have helped me like unbelievably and Jen, yeah jen's another one she uh jen cober she's if you don't know who she is you just definitely look her up um she's one of the type of people that she's she's been in one or two episodes of every tv show like she's Ever. she's always doing these little like she's got her little arcs and a bunch of different stuff and uh she's hilarious she's from like charles louisiana uh, and I'll fight anybody in the world on uh, she has the best Bill Cosby joke and I'll I'll die on that hill any day of the week. If you listen to Jen Cobra's Bill Cosby, there isn't there isn't a better one. Look her up. Um she's from like Charles. She she lived in LA. She's established. She's the headliner. She tours, she headlines a bunch of clubs. Uh she's always killing colleges. Uh, so she one summer got with, uh, the LaBerge casino that just got wiped away. Uh, by the way, if you guys want to donate and help all the people in Lake Charles, please do that. Uh, and so she had this like summer every Wednesday for a summer, the casino gave her a show. I missed it. I missed it by that much. Yeah, dude. And I, I drove two and a half hours to, uh, Lake Charles every Tuesday for rehearsal, even though I was just doing a, a stand-up set. It was an improv and stand-up show. And uh, and she put me up for 10 minutes every week in front of 300 people whenever mm-hmm. I was maybe two years into comedy. Like, definitely. If, like, the, if that. Dude, you're right. It was probably, yeah. And I I learned so much in that summer. Like, it's, cr- like, I, I, I was, n- there was no other situation where I was going to perform for crowds that big and yep. get to see how to like really work a room. Otherwise, I'd have just been. I love Baton Rouge, and I love the comic that it made me, or whatever. But I would have forever just been fighting TVs and football games, and there's never more than seventeen people. Like you know, I would have never really got the experience of performing in front yep. of a real crowd without Jen doing that for I, me. I think that's one of the reasons I was so surprised to hear you say that Jeff D was headlining in New Orleans because I can go do a show. I mean, in Chattanooga, because mm. I could go do a show with Jeff down here where they won't turn off the TVs long enough yeah. to let us do our sets. And it's that's, I'm glad to hear that. I totally forgotten about y'all doing those shows together. It's yeah, just, you learn so much from the people around you when you do. I remember Jen pulled me aside after a show with her one time and, uh, told me basically a better way to tell my joke, but not all like she started me on the path to make the joke better, but didn't give it to me. You know what I mean? It made me work it out. And I, when I got to it myself, it showed me a new way of getting to a punch. If that makes sense. For sure. So, uh, I know she, she's truly great at that. And so that show that I did with her, I'm going to break it down more, I guess she, uh, the people that auditioned, like I was really the only stand, like I was the only person that was a comic. There's not a scene in Lake Charles like mm-hmm. there's no comics out there. And so a lot of people that auditioned were like people that worked at the hotel uh and like just, you know, theater kids and stuff like that and they just did like the improv stuff. And so what she would do was 
she picked out a couple of them that she thought was funny and were like, you should try, like, we're going to try to get you to do stand-up. And that she would have them come on Tuesday. That was the the uh, rehearsal day. And they would, and I would do it too. You would fucking do your set for her, uh, whatever you planned to do that week. And then she would kind of, you would bounce back and forth and she'd shoot ideas at you and give you different ways to think about it. Tell you, she'd watch your sets from the week before. And so she helped me a lot with enunciation because I'm so, uh, nobody can understand me. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and just, I was going <laughs> to. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, just things like like she was she was so great in that way, and uh, she has a lot of heat on her with certain people. She's actually told me uh, be careful just throwing her name out for recommendations and stuff like that. And so, like, it, she'll admit like she like jokes about it. She, you know, it's fun. And mm. uh, but it's, I didn't know that. Uh, but I I will always defend whatever beef anybody has with her because of what she did for me there. Also, she fucking later on years later. Uh, recommended me uh, for the Burbank Comedy Festival that is at it's in Burbank, California, at Flabbers Comedy Club. She recommended me there. I got I got in on a submission tape. I, I get I fucking get best of the fest at that festival yeah. and like was able to use that as a credit for it. like that was from her too. So like like all like the most help that I got was like from like <laughs> the people that I met in Louisiana. It's so weird yeah. that like that, that help stretch like spread out. She's offered, she's offered to help me with stuff. If I was, if I could travel more, she'd throw her, you know, mm -hmm. but I remember last time we can bring this up. Uh, one of the first shows after all the jokes, the, the stuff in Alabama and all the joke stuff was a Jen Cobra show that you were on you and Mac McMillan, I think. Yep couple of people and I showed up with you and she said I could be on the show, but I was so new to comedy and she was, I thought she was such a big, like a, a big deal that I wanted to tell her like, Hey, just so you know, blah, 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 blah. I stole jokes, but I don't do this. I don't do it anymore. Now I'm trying to rebuild my, and I went through the whole fucking thing and God bless her. She listened to me <laughs> and she goes, are you funny? And I said, I think so. She goes, it's all I care about. Yeah. And I said, okay. And she goes, loosen the fuck up. <laughs> and right then yeah, I was dude. like, all right, I feel a lot better, a lot better. And then after, when I came off, she told me, don't ever do that again. Yeah. And I, said, I was like, oh, and I thought she meant to her. And she was like, no, don't ever do that again. Let your jokes and comedy speaks for itself. Because you, you gave me an impression of you before I ever saw you. Exactly. And I was like, oh, fuck. All right. And I had never thought of it that. And she's done a lot ever, man. It's crazy when you think about how many people have been so helpful yeah. to us from here. I, Howard Hall, like we were talking about him, I, I definitely learned a lot of stuff about like how to, uh, like stage presence. I learned a lot of stage presence from watching Howard. Howard, uh, when I was doing my one-liners, I would try to be real animated on stage. I would walk around. I would jump. I would like turn my back. Try anything to distract from the fact that I didn't have a lot of material. And Howard can sometimes just sit on a stool and he has this way of telling a story that you don't, you don't look away. He's not acting it out. Really. He's sitting on a stool, but the, his stage presence, that's what you watch. The interview and I watched shifts. him just yeah. in awe of how the fuck is he? If I don't run around on stage and yell, fuck at people randomly, they lose interest. And then you realize it's the stage press and also the material. And yeah. he made me want to make my jokes. He has a joke, an ambient joke. That's like, it's the longest story with the best callbacks. And just, 
he made me want to make my jokes longer. Yeah. To try to like flesh them out more because of the way that he, man, that's crazy. Yeah. He, um, it's a long time. It's a really long time. Yeah. He has, <laughs> he has, he has this, uh, ability too. We're just gonna, I mean, look, it's, it's a real round, deep into baseball. It's, it's, our, it's, our, we know. <laughs> it's our nine year anniversary, bro. Like we, you know, we reminiscing. This is what it is. And so, uh, we've but, been yeah. friends for a decade. Yeah. What the fuck? Almost a decade. That's crazy to me. But at the same time, and I, I mean this honestly, I can't imagine not having you. You know what I mean? Like at this yeah. point, I couldn't imagine you not being. My kids call you Uncle Cheche. I couldn't imagine you not being. I'm there, so, bro. It's you a good nine years. It's been a good nine years. Dude, I'm reing up. I re up. Just keep it going. Yep. Good, it's uh, good nine years. You keep... introduced me. I had never even heard of marijuana until I until that's I met true. you. That's true. I forced you. I held you down and <laughs> made you smoke weed and. You're a better man for it. Now you got tired. I'm, de- I'm definitely stuff, a, look at you. Definitely a better man for it. This is a real deep. I just realized how deep this episode's getting into. People are gonna love it. They're gonna love it. They're uh, gonna fucking love this. Dude, you're gonna, <laughs> people listening, you're eating this shit up. I know you are. Okay. You're welcome. I'll tell Take you a neighbor story. Josh Stay gave tuned, you the I'll warning. Tell you story. <laughs> he gave you the warning to enjoy this. Okay. I told you play at half speed. This is look. Yes, this is worth my it. bitches. This is what I was gonna say about Howard. Uh, one last time, with just uh, to continue to say how great he is. When people, when people ask me uh, in Seattle, like, who's the guy that like uh, is like the fucking dude like down there that could go in? It's I always say Howard. Howard's the hidden gem down there that everybody needs yep. to see. Uh, Howard has this ability to watch the show, and every joke that you do, he has three tags for it. Like if, if every gen- person that performs, every per- and he doesn't care. It could be their second time on stage. It could be like some Mike Honore, you know, like people that have been doing it for a long time. And he and he can recite to you everything you just said almost better than what. Like I can't believe how much he remembers in sets. I can people ask me to watch their set. I will watch their set, and when they come off, I go, "That was good. That was that was really good, man." And he's like, "Oh, what'd you like?" Uh, that one, you know, that one that like I can't even even in that amount of time. Really I have remember. friends I've done comedy with for years, and I couldn't tell you a single one of their bits. Yeah, <laughs> not fucking one of them. And he remembers like detailed, and it doesn't seem like he's paying attention to the show because he's still talking to other comics and like not re- disrespectfully, but it doesn't seem like he he soaks it all fucking. I guess I, that's how you get good like that. I don't know. Yeah, he's. I, uh... I just let. I just let fucking nerds bully me out of quitting for three months and then come back stronger than ever. Yeah, like dude. a phoenix, I rose from the ashes. I wanted to bring it back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get it. Bruh, what what these punk neighbors did, bruh? What'd they do to bruh. you? Bruh. All right. So, uh, we have these new neighbors that moved in down. I'm whispering like they can hear me. They probably, okay. So, we're recording upstairs in my house right now. And every window in our house is open because it's like 58 degrees outside. So we're airing out the neighborhood. But Michelle and I always forget that the windows are open. So we'll just start talking shit or say something real loud and shitty about people forgetting every window in our house is open. And their windows are open. It's just, yeah, probably. just speaking directly <clears throat> into their living room. <laughs> so my new neighbors that moved in, that went door to door and introduced themselves during a global pandemic. So just, just great people. Just really uh, like think it through, you know? Seem nice, but dumb. Well-intentioned, mildly stupid, maybe. You know? Hey, those people are uh, easy to find, you know? And so, 
they i've started uh i have learned how to roll uh left-handed cigarettes you're getting there dude it's it's improving i'm a big fan and it's my favorite way to smoke now and uh i was out in my backyard smoking and i have a fence so you can't see but i guess you could see the huge clouds because i gets down um (laughs) and anyway uh so i've been smoking and i hear like four or five houses down Somebody say real loud, ooh, sounds like somebody's having fun or something. Smells like somebody, like, said very loudly. Like, I was going to be like, oh, that's me. Hey, I'm right <laughs> oh, here, guys. I'm me. You fucking idiot. And then, uh, <laughs> so, in between us, in between our houses are, like, three senior citizens' homes. So, like, it's a good guess when you go down the street, the guy in the tie-dyed Crocs with the Mohawk is probably the guy that has the weed. It's probably it's a safe bet. He was walking his kids. Yeah, you don't camouflage well. He stopped and said something to me, and I'm being polite because he's got kids around the age of my kids. So I was already outside, so I'll be nice. And I'm I'm conversating with him, letting him have, letting him conversate with me. Right. And just then he's coming says, down to his level. He's just letting him think I'm just one of him. And uh, <laughs> he says something to me about uh, how long have you lived here? Four or five years. Forever. And he says, "My neighborhood." Uh, I was, <laughs> I leaned in real close in front of his kids. Said, "This is my fucking neighborhood." You tell them little rugrats that too. All right? They want to ride the wagon down the street. You know who they call and ask permission? Me. Or guess what happens? That wagon winds up floating at the bottom of the pond with a brick tied around it. If you don't want that to be your kids, teach them some goddamn manners next time. Get the fuck out of my driveway. How about that? But <laughs> he said. Uh, so, so you lived here a while. So yeah, he goes, are you home a lot? And I, I said, eh, I don't, cause I already don't, want, I already don't like the fucking, what are you, Columbo? You cracking a case? What are you working on? What are you working on, Sherlock, huh? I don't got to tell you shit. me, huh? What is this? I ain't got to tell you shit. Where's my I ain't lawyer? telling you shit. <laughs> that Chris Rock, I think of that Chris Rock yeah. sketch. Turn that shit time. down. You ain't got to tell him shit. What the fuck do you want, motherfucker? That's one of the funniest sketches I've ever seen in my life. But then he asked me, uh, yeah, I was outside the other day, and it smells like somebody likes to have a little fun. And look, maybe I do too, you know? <laughs> and I, nah, I dead ass was like, what do you mean? And he goes, it smelled, you know, I smelled, you know, and I'm not giving you a fucking inch. And mm, I said, you smell, no what do you mean? And he's like, you know, you know? And I was like, you got to say know. it, man. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. And he's like, it smelled like marijuana. And the fact that he whispered marijuana at me, I was like, well, I'm never telling this fucking dork anything. No. <laughs> like, bro, you a cop if I've ever seen a fucking cop. I ain't telling you a goddamn thing, dude. Nuh-uh. I just saw nah, you whisper bro. into your microphone. Yeah. That whispering tone? <laughs> that's a cop whispering into a mic. You ain't taking me down, son. Come you on. should hit. It's you more- should have. T- you should have took off running the second he's like marijuana. Shit, bro! And like just took off. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> We've been made. Slapping shit, his baby out his hand and run. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, there ain't no bow legged, uh, ain't no bow legged buck tooth bullshit bu- pussy ass motherfucker like that dude gonna take down somebody like me. Come on, man! It's Mohawk Meat Castle. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, it's me who does the illegal drugs. Here, you want you want to come see where I grow them, too? 
Get the fuck out of here. I can smell a pig a mile away. But he did try to talk. And then, like, I for real was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, it smelled like somebody was smoking marijuana. And I. (laughs) What? It's one of my favorite things to ever do. Whatever he said that, I said, how do you know what marijuana smells like? (laughs) (laughs) Telling on yourself. You're telling on yourself Uh, right now. I did. I fucking loved it. And I said, uh, because I don't know what it smells like. (laughs) I wouldn't know it if I smelled it, I don't think. And like I could tell that he was like, "Oh, all right, all right, all right." And I you should just have been like, "Sir, are you selling drugs?" Yeah, are you trying <laughs> to sell me drugs, bro? I, hey, bro, 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 I do got drugs. The policeman's <laughs> ball. Hey, <laughs> this dude, his baby's got drugs, y'all. <laughs> Damn, a drug babies. I know a drug baby when I see one. And I think, I think he knows. <laughs> So he either knows that I dead ass lied to him. Literally between my house and his, the only fence is his and mine. And on the other side of my fence is a giant smoke cloud. So it's not hard to figure out. It, you know. But also you can hear the story right now. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's on a podcast. You can listen to it. If the windows are open. I hope you hear it. It makes me like when people ask me, it makes me want to be like, yeah, you jack off? What hand do you use? What kind of lotion do you like? What's your favorite lotion? What do you want to watch whenever you do that, it? Man. I just want to. Show me what your face looks like. I just want to know it. about you. You know what I'm saying? Just like, tell me about it. Do you put your finger in your butt when you do it? Don't fucking ask me about my drugs. Because that's the exact here. same thing. You and your nerd ass little kids. How do I know your kids aren't narcs? Maybe they're fucking, maybe they work for the, what is it? The junior pigs of America, whatever them little fucks are in their little blinking outfits. Run around snitching on people. Came nah, out the bro. womb ratting. But then today, uh, I was walking my dogs around the cul-de-sac. Smoking and that guy's <laughs> wife and two kids were outside. And I had a her on needle in my arm, right? I had a belt. Oh, right, I right. Was tied off. Yeah. <laughs> I was tied off. <laughs> About to take that little nap. I got you. And uh, I saw him and his, yeah, I saw his kids and his wife come outside. And like, uh, I had already formed an opinion of them because they're married to to that narc ass motherfucker. Yeah. You're uh, all you're all in this. Y'all are all narcs as far as I'm concerned. Everyone of y'all got a badge. <laughs> uh and everyone y'all got a badge and a wire and I ain't saying shit. Mm-mm. But I was walking my dogs around and I saw and they're little kids and he the he has a little boy uh who's around the age of mine. Just and, the cutest little narc. Man, they're so fucking cute. They really are cute little kids. And I was walking my dogs, and the kid's eyes got like this when he saw my dogs, because Giacomo looks like a Muppet. So he saw him and got real big. I said, do you want to pet him? And before I finished saying, do you want to pet him, he ran up and grabbed Giacomo around his neck, like hugged him, put his cheek right against him, and just hugged him. Excuse me. And just hugged him. Squeeze the shit out of him. Yeah, dude. Squeeze the shit out of him. Right then, I was like, you know what? I'll smoke weed with this little dude. Any day. <laughs> you know who's cool? This kid. But your dad can still get fucked. But you, I got a blunt in the car. You want to come hit it? You want to come hotbox? You want to come hotbox that ra- radio flyer wagon right there, son? Come on. But you got to right now. Right now. <laughs> Did your mom? <laughs> I just, it's such a weird, I don't think even if, it, I would never go ask my neighbor, like, it's just weird. Just mind your own fucking business. Mind your business, dude. Uh, bro, I got I got so fucking mad today. You're gonna laugh at this. Uh, I hate 
that we've talked about, I hate people coming to my door. Right. Even if they don't ring the doorbell, if I come outside and find a flyer stuck on my door, I get, I get someone was here fucking livid and it's irrational and there's no, but I, I mean, like I'll walk outside. If I see, if I open my door and there's a, a flyer stuck on it, I'll walk out to the street and see if I can find you and I'll walk down and give it back to you. I get so fucking mad about it. It's, it's you dumb and I'm a, I'm a huge, a- oh, I've said that before. Yeah, I've done that before. I've been, I'm a huge asshole about it. And I don't know why. And every time it's when the situation over, I was like, I was kind of an asshole on that. Uh, maybe I'll go in the backyard and not smoke weed and feel better about it. <laughs> How you going to feel but better not smoking weed? Today, uh, or yesterday, uh, before the hurricane, I have out, like, we have a little sidewalk that leads up to our porch and then bushes. And I like to put a little chair right there like a a patio chair right in the sidewalk so you know don't walk around that if you walk around that chair to get to my door you had to step into my bushes to get around it or you move the chair and it's clearly a chair there to set your shit in i like this tactic so it it got worse though because people would go around it so then i put the chair right in the sidewalk and then in front of that i put a bench across the sidewalk so that you would have to go around the bench, move the chair or into the bushes to then get to the door. But yesterday, because there was a hurricane coming to wash us all the way, I had to move that stuff. And I, dude, I shit you not. And that's the last day of door knocking is right before the hurricane. Bruh, when I went this morning to put the bench stuff back in front of the door, some fucking asshole running for a judge had stuck his stupid fucking judge flyer on my fucking doorknob, like some kind of fucking monster just stuck it on my goddamn doorknob. Like my hands don't have to go there to open the door to go outside to get food from my baby's mouth. He's taking food off my table. And I, I don't it, trust his judgment. Woo. Honestly, that shows horrible judgment. That's how you don't become a judge. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? You know what's a big part of being a judge? Judgment. And right now you've proven that you don't have any good judgment because. Well, actually, maybe he does have a great judgment because he waited until I moved the bench and chair for Hurricane to sneak his dirty, sneaky, slithering, slimy snake lawyer ass up my driveway and stick his stinky little fucking flyer on my doorknob like I'm going to vote. Hey, surprise, motherfucker. I ain't even registered to vote. How about that, you dumb bitch? I'm not even legal. How about I saw that? All huh? the, I saw all the huh? alerts. I, just I don't kept, care, bro. I just kept dismissing them. I don't care. Every I, app I I'm got. I'm from Canada. <laughs> tried to get me to register. I'm not doing it. My voice will not be heard, okay? Uh, I almost didn't register a couple of years ago because uh, I stay at home with the kids. And if I get called for jury duty or something, I can get out of it. But what do I do for like that day or two I have to go to the court? But then I found out I had accidentally registered. <laughs> so You're in. I got tricked on Facebook by a voter die or something. Yeah. I thought I was yeah. going to see some titties, and it turns out I put in my address, and boom. You go to click the button, it's like, here's Daisy Fuentes' butthole, and you click the button, and boom, you're registered to vote. And you're registered. Like, oh, oh, you registered. Ah, you got damn. Now participating in democracy. God damn. That ain't Melissa. That ain't Melissa Milano's butthole. Melissa Milano. Whatever. <laughs> I want to see Joan Rivers Bush. <laughs> uh, how about uh, how about Lil Wayne uh, just uh, endorse? I fucking hate 
that they say celebrities and people endorse. Like, if to me, if you're not a politician, you're not an endorsement. That's just your fucking opinion. Uh, yeah. But look, dude, I've tried to love Lil Wayne my whole life, and he just refuses to return it back to me. I don't. Understand. He just doesn't have, want to be loved. I have supported this motherfucker for so goddamn long. I got all the mixtapes back in the day. Nah, dude, I got dude all the love. droughts. I got all of, all of them shits. I, I tell people about 500 Degrees. I tell people about The Black is Hot. I tell people about whenever he was in uh, fucking Hot Boys. I followed him. I waited for his dumb ass to get out of jail. I listened to him go through his fucking auto-tune, crying on the fucking mic phase. I watched him sing with Kid Rock. All of these things. And this motherfucker decided he's not a Saints fan. He's a Packers fan. The year that we go to the Super Bowl, he pulls for fucking Minnesota because Brett Favre was over there. Like in the That's game, he weird... decides, bro. I, dude, I'm I'm trying to be done with him, but he's so you usually can't get Louisiana life. out of people, so that's surprising to hear. Yeah, what the fuck? And uh, and yeah, and then now he's like, some I don't know. So Trump uh, looked at him and he was like, hey, he's pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he gave me attention, uh, and so I don't know. So I'm uh, I'm just disappointed in any person I've ever liked ever. Uh, they've all let me down. Every you heard Fifty one. Cent. Fifty Cent endorsed Trump. Dude, and Chelsea Handler said she'd fuck him or something, and then he's like, "Never mind." Well, they used to. They used to. They used to fuck. She said he pulled his endorsement for him, and she said it was because of her. Uh, Good for good for both of them, I guess. He's a jack dude. Whatever. They they belong together. Uh, Gross or hot? Whatever. I'm done with her. I will tell you. I the only reason I respect Fifty Cent. Because he at least flat out said it's about his money and his taxes. And like, at least he's not bullshitting and like, I care about, he's like, nah, I want to stay not, not broke. This is Mr. Vitamin Water, bro. I get money. What? He's, he's vitamin water. He made fucking vitamin water, sold that and sold that shit to Coke for like a hundred million dollars. Uh, way back in the day. Yeah. No shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever he was in like those first couple of vitamin water commercials, it's because it's his fucking thing. He made like he made it, sold it to Coke, made a fucking trillion dollars. Like, yeah. Fuck. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Vitamin water fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's so. real bad. <laughs> That's real bad. Yeah, but it's he's a good businessman because he convinced him to buy it. His whole his hype uh, had that thing going. Shell drinks one of those uh, Dragon Balls or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, oh, I've ass. seen those. Yeah. No, I've dude, seen, I've seen alcohol like that too, where it's just like just a ball. Uh, those are good. Yeah, uh, a buzz oh, ball. That's what they're. Yeah, buzz we ball. bought those. Uh, we bought those on a road trip one time on the way to a Lafayette show or that a Lake sense. Charles show somewhere. We bought those. Uh, I think I bought them, but we drank them in the car. <laughs> that sounds about right. I miss, I miss. I miss those road shows, man. Uh, I had to. I had to recommend. Uh, I'd recommend my weed guy this week. Ooh. Have you ever done that? Uh, I always, I've, oh, I've, yeah. I've always been uncomfortable with it, but why it's where it? you're fucking legal. You could just go buy well, yeah, it. Yeah. But back in the day, I was always uncomfortable. Like, uh, uh, I remember we went one time and you made me wait in the car and you went inside the house and got uh, weed. It was at your friend's sense. party or something. And you were told, you told me to wait outside. I was like, oh, your young, cool teenage friends won't be happy with a 35-year-old walking in there? They're not going to be freaked out by that? They're not going to think I'm a cop? 
<laughs> yeah, you stay there, dude. <laughs> you weren't Mohawk yet. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. You might, like, if you walked in like that, <laughs> like how yeah, you're dressed right cool, now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a friend of mine, and I'm trying to, I want to be, I don't want to have to edit this part out, but a friend of mine was like, hey, you have a really yeah, don't good say names. Oh, don't worry. That's part of the story. Okay. A friend was like, you got a good connect. And like, I have the best uh, professional, uh, high quality, fantastic stuff. You really do. The dude has like a dispensary menu. Like it's fantastic. Uh, You have to. He's like the food truck of marijuana. Like he's just driving around with everything. And it, the dude's a chemist, so tinctures, cookies, he, all of it. And it's beautiful, and it's legal, and it's the best. And it's better than it's better than anybody else said that they would have, all right? It's the best that I'm going to do a Trump. I'm going into a Trump. It's hard not. Uh, but a friend of mine was like, do you have a good connect? And I, I definitely do. But then instantly, as soon as I said yes, I was like, fuck. Because I can't just be like, yeah, here's his number, call him. Right. Because he's a really good connect, and I don't want to fuck myself out of home delivery. It, like, I'm not going to get fucked out of this. Uh, so then you have to, like, do the, like. Oh, he died. Message. Turns out you he died. Me- Sorry. <laughs> so I went through the whole process of how can I get out of this to, like, I couldn't really think of a way to get out of it. So then I had to message my guy. But then, like, in the middle of it, I'm like, do I want to vouch? Like, I'll vouch for the weed guy. But do I want to vouch for the guy buying the weed? That's the other the thing. I don't yeah. want to fuck myself, man. This dude makes the best cookies. They're delicious. Keep and, that shit to and, yourself, and, man. And so I didn't... Uh, uh, you keep uh, that. Don't you tell him to anybody. You you keep him. This is your little secret. But So after like persistent heckling from a dear, dear friend to get my connect... I felt peer pressured and like, I don't, I'm not one to give any peer pressure, but he just wouldn't let it go. And I don't want to fuck myself out of a good connect, but I don't want to fuck my friend out of be, being mad not being at, high. at me. I don't want to fuck him into being mad at me. Yeah. Don't fuck him like that, dude. So what I did was I was like, you know what? I'll give you my weed connects number. But then I gave him the number to my new neighbor down the street. That's definitely a narc. And now everybody's in jail. No problems anymore. Everybody's and taking now care I, of I just walk up and down my street smoking a blunt without a shirt Whistling. On. Whistling. Yeah. Oh, the I kid's kick. like, Josh is coming. Yep. And they all run <laughs> They give you the hide. Omar treatment. <laughs> <laughs> they throw they throw their uh, their action figures at you. <laughs> <laughs> out of the street get, for me to pick give up. Give them over. It, uh, <laughs> it worked out. It worked out in the end, but I was. And then there was the nervous time of like, while I know that they're talking, I'm just sitting back going, don't you fuck me on this one. <laughs> I swear to God, you be cool. You fucking be cool. And then it all it all worked out great because I'll tell you something. Uh, something that I didn't consider when it comes to being a marijuana salesman is they like to make money selling marijuana. Yeah. It's a big part of it. So when I was like, hey... Here's someone who will give you money for marijuana. He wasn't mad about it. That's pretty wild. Yeah, pretty I wild. thought that was pretty cool. Uh, he did kill my dogs, though, for giving his phone number out. So, I mean, that's just the cost of business. We know that. I, I get it. I get that. it. Like, we know that. <laughs> 
right, guys, we're gonna end it on that, man. Uh, Josh, I love you, buddy. Nine years. I love you Come too, on, man. man. Come Isn't on, that, that's crazy, dude. Come uh, on, bro. I saw that on Facebook, and it's a cheesy Facebook video. Uh, I'm a very, I'm a very emotional dude, and I got, I got a little emotional. Uh, I can't believe it's been nine years. Uh, I'm thrilled. I, I honestly, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I think you make me a better comedian and a better person. Okay. And I'm glad that we're friends. And I love you. And let's keep doing this podcast for 600 more episodes. I'm not doing a math joke. Guys, thank y'all so much. Love you, Josh. See y'all next Buckets week. Buckets Nuggets. Buckets Nuggets.com. Subscribe and fight.